Luke chapter 17 uh, tonight, and uh, I want to challenge you with something this evening. And uh, so we're going we're gonna to pick up in verse number 10 in uh, Acts 17. Paul had begun a church in Thessalonica at the beginning of this chapter, and he was having to get out of town quickly uh, because, of, uh, because of the persecution that was arising as a result of people coming to know Jesus as Savior. And when he, when he flees, he comes to Berea. And uh, that's what we're going to pick up tonight. Verse 10, we're going to read down to verse number 12. And the brethren immediately sent away Paul and Silas by night unto Berea, who coming thither went into the synagogue of the Jews. These were more noble than those in Thessalonica in that they received the word with all readiness of mind and searched the scriptures daily whether those things were so. Therefore, many of them believed, also of honorable women which were Greeks, and of men not a few. Father, I pray your blessing upon your word tonight, and may we accept the challenge from the Bereans to always remain a Bible-believing, Bible-reading, Bible-studying, Bible preaching church. Challenge us individually tonight through your word and may it be used for your glory, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Tonight, I want us to focus on the subject of the purpose of daily devotions. The purpose of daily devotions. I've never met a strong Christian that was not strong in the Word. You cannot, you, you're going to be tossed to and fro. You're going to be up and down in your faith always if you're not grounded in the Word of God. You are going to be, um, you're going to struggle because the only other thing that you're going to live off of is emotion. Am I feeling, do I, do I feel like I'm saved today? Do I feel like praying today? Do I feel like reading today? And the battle with that, BJ, is your flesh is never really going to feel like it. Your flesh is always going to fight you in that regard. So I want to give you some things tonight that I pray will be a help to you concerning your devotional life. Someone once said, the gospel brings man to God. But their devotional life is what keeps them close to God. And so it's got to be something that we value as children of God. It's got to be something that uh, is important to us. And that brings me to my first point tonight, that our daily devotionals must be personal. You can write that down. It must be personal. And for it to be personal, it requires a personal mindset. You realize this, I, I mean, when we come together for, in, whether it's Bible study and life group or it's preaching, we all know this, everybody gets something different from it, right? 
Um, I mean, if we, if we gathered together and we took turns and everyone testified, what did you get from this morning's message? People will say different things. And that's the Holy Spirit working, okay? But it's also got something to do with us personally, Brad, because we can come in here and we can be checked out before, before we even sang the first song. Our minds can be distracted. We can be focused on other things. We can have our phones out and sit in there and be watching videos while the preaching is taking place, and you're going to get very little from it. Amen? Come on, help me out tonight. All right? You're going to get very little from it if you really don't care anything about it. It doesn't matter how much I study, pray, prepare. It doesn't make any difference you're not going to get anything from it if you're not prepared to receive it. If your mind is not ready, if your heart is not ready, if your spirit is not ready, you're just going, you're just going to be present and body only. Okay? In, in fact, I, I had a friend back in, uh, back in high school, and I haven't seen him since, since um, I, was, I got into church and... and God called me in the ministry, and uh, I think I saw him a handful of times after that. And I was challenging him, Landon. Uh, I was talking to him about becoming a Christian. And he was a, um, uh, he called himself an atheist. And he told me that he has read the Bible. And that when he read it, he got nothing from it. Well, when God stirred my heart, I read the Bible and it was full of things, okay? So our mindset, our spiritual walk, our, our preparation is going to affect what we get from the Lord. So jot this down, okay? When you begin, when you begin your devotions, begin it with a time of prayer. It doesn't have to be a long prayer. You don't have to pray for everybody in that particular prayer. Just stay focused on what you're doing at the time. And that is, God, I'm, I'm about to sit down, and I'm opening my Bible, and I'm going to read your word, and I believe that you've got something that you want to give me today. Okay? And so I'm asking you to remove all distractions. Everything that I'm going to deal with today will come later today. Right now, I need you to talk to me. You ever talk to someone... And when you're talking to them, Michael, you can see in their eyes, they're not listening to you. So I, I was thinking about this week, I was talking to an individual, and they weren't listening to me. When I was talking, they would talk, and when I was talking, I could see in their eyes, they're only thinking about what they want to say next. They're not listening to me, and soon as I, soon as I pause, they're already, they're already inserting. So I finally just shut up. I finally just quit and let them talk. Okay, and, and what was aggravating me about that is they was asking me for advice, you know, and I'm like, you don't even want, you don't want to hear what I got to say. Okay, we do that with God. We will read our Bible because that's what we're supposed to, if we do that, okay, but if we're committed enough to do that, sometimes we'll read it, and uh, sometimes my daily reading goes a long time. Because while I'm reading it, my mind travels off, and all of a sudden I realize I read two chapters, and I don't know what a word what was said. 
I checked out. And so I stop and I go back. Begin it with a time of prayer. And just emphasize the fact, God, I know that you're about to speak to me. And I want my mind and my, my heart to be clear and ready to receive it. And then, secondly, jot this down, okay? Have a pen and notebook ready. Have something. You don't even have to notebook. Have something to jot something down with, okay? Because you'll remember it if you write it down. And so if God gives me something, then I, I, may, underline, uh, I may underline that verse in the Bible. I may write a little note out beside it. I, I might write down some thoughts. A lot of my sermons come from daily devotions. I'm just reading through there, and God is giving me uh, some things, and I just jot those things down. Because if I don't, I'm going to forget them. You ever do that, Gil? Just forget it, okay? When I come back to it later, I can't even remember what was said. So jot some things down. Then, not only does it require a personal mindset, it requires a personal commitment. You've got to be committed to it. And so I find it helpful to have a dedicated time. And that is different for every person. But you have a time when that you have set aside that you're going to talk to the Lord. All right. How many of you have jobs? Raise your hand. Okay. Most of you have to be at a job at a particular time, right? Okay. Others of you probably have appointments that you have to be at. And you're going to be committed to be there on time or else you're not going to have a job very long. Right? Should be. Why, why do we treat those things more important than our time with the Lord? Okay? So there ought, to be a, there ought to be a personal commitment that I have a time that I have set aside. And maybe it has to change uh, for different days of the week because of your schedule. But I'm going to dedicate this time that I am going to get in the Word of God and allow God to speak to me. And then guard that time. I have to be very careful to guard my family time. I have to be careful to guard personal time. Because if I'm, if I'm not careful personally, I'll, I'll get frazzled and run myself to death. So I have to guard some time. I've got to set aside some time where I can just get alone and refresh myself. I have to set aside time where I'm going to spend time with the family and everything else can wait. The phone gets cut off for a little while. Guard that time because it's that important uh, to get in the Word. And then find a quiet place. All right? Uh, just find a place where you're not going to be easily distracted. When the kids were little, you can imagine with Four, uh, this is prior to Claire, four little boys. Man, it was very difficult to find quiet time. And uh, some of my boys like to stay up late. Clay would wake up before the sun rose. And so there were times where you get the boys in bed and it's late and tired and I've got to get up and go do construction work the next day. So I'd get up at 5.30 in the morning to read my Bible. And it never failed within five minutes. Here come that boy down the stairs. And, and so I'd sit him in my lap and I'd read and I would hold him. And sometimes he would fall back to sleep. You have to find a quiet place, some quiet place. 
time where, you're, where you can remove distractions. That's number four. Remove distractions. Turn off your phone and your email because they'll ding, sure as the world. Right? As sure as you get in the Bible, that phone will ding and something will distract you. So remove the distractions. Turn off the phone. Turn off the email for a little while. They'll be there when you, when you come back. And then number five, sit up. Don't lay in bed, Thomas, while you're reading the Bible. Because if you do, you will go to sleep. Right? I, I don't know anything that will put you to sleep better than just read your Bible at nighttime. All right? So sit up. Sit up and get in the Word. All right? Treat it as if you were talking to someone and you want them to listen to what you have to say. Treat God the same way, all right? Secondly, so one, it must be personal. Two, it must be purposeful, okay? And what I mean by that is have a plan. Someone said what gets planned gets done, right? If, if I want to be sure it gets done, put it on the calendar, all right? That, that I'm going to be planning for it, I'm going to be preparing for it. If I just kind of leave it at limbo, if I just kind of put it out there in the air... In, in our today's technology, if I put it in the cloud, Adam, I'll never get to it. I'll find an excuse not to do it, all right? So have a plan of what you're going to do, all right? And so when you're reading your Bible, don't just read a book about the Bible. Read the Bible, amen? I, 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 everyone wants to have a Bible study. Everyone wants to give you a book that they think is really good. And, and that's, that's good. But don't always be in a place where you put yourself in a position that you would rather read what the Holy Spirit taught someone else instead of giving the, the Holy Spirit an opportunity to teach you. Okay? So, so always, we'll, we'll, I'll get in that, the Bible studies, devotionals, those things have their place. I'll get to that in a moment. But don't just read a book about the Bible. Get in the Word. And, and you may not understand everything that, is, that you read. But I'm going to tell you something. The more you read it, the more you'll understand it. Okay? Uh, you'll, you'll read something here today that I don't get that. And I'll put a little question mark beside it. And then maybe six months later... Oh, that was, that's the answer right there. I, I see it now. Now it's clear. And so as you're, you're, you're in the Word, it's building, it's growing, and it's, it's, it's building upon itself, and it's helping you. So get in the Word and let God teach you something rather than just listening to what God taught someone else. And then have a systematic approach. All right? Don't... Don't just say, I'm going to open up the Bible, and this is what I'm going to read today. All right? I heard a preacher say that's how he preaches one time. And he says, I just open it up, and, and I pray, God, give me a message today. And, and I, I flip through the Bible. I put my finger down. Okay, that's what I'm going to preach today. And uh, some, some pastor uh, kind of called him out on that. And he says, well, that's how... That's, that's kind of how Charles Spurgeon preaches. 
And he says, well, you, sir, know Charles Spurgeon, right? And there's, there's, some, there's some value in that, okay? Listen, listen, you, you, you may have a plan that you're going to read through the Bible in a year. Go for it. You may have a plan where you're going to read through the New Testament in a month. I, I, I don't, I, I'm not here to push a particular plan on you. But what I do want you to do is have a systematic approach that you're going to get in the Word. All right? Get in there and read through the book of Acts. Read through 1 Thessalonians. Have a systematic approach that you know where you're going to be tomorrow when you pick up reading the Bible. Don't just flip through it and go from here to yonder. Allow God. God put His Word together in an order and for a reason. And just get in the Word and let God help you with it, okay? Then, have a, have a time in your devotional life where you're focused on prayer, all right? Luke chapter 5, 15 and 16 says, But so much the more went there a fame abroad of him, and great multitudes came together to hear and to be healed by him of their infirmities. And he withdrew himself in the wilderness and prayed. And then Luke 6, verse 12 says, And it came to pass in those days that he went into a mountain to pray and continued all night in prayer to God. My point is this. If Jesus felt it was important for him to have a prayer life, I think it's important for us to have a prayer life. All right? And, and, and listen, you can read E.M. Bounds' book on prayer, and you'll be greatly challenged. It's great, great stuff concerning prayer. You can, read, um, you can read a biography of George Mueller, and you will be challenged in your prayer life, and it will fire you up, okay? But, but understand this, everybody is different, okay? And everybody's prayer life doesn't have to be the same. We can be challenged by people who spend hours upon hours in prayer. Not everybody has hours upon hours. But, Darren, you should be talking to the Lord at some time. Right? Your prayer life is valuable. And so I, I would encourage you even to be systematic in your prayer life. Develop a pattern for prayer. Remember, in the book of Luke, the disciples asked Jesus, teach us how to pray. And he says, when you pray, pray like this. Our Father which art in heaven. He, he presented them a systematic approach to prayer. And so develop, develop that in your prayer life. One, James, take some time to just worship God. All right? Take some time to just brag on the Lord and be thankful for His goodness. If that's as far as you get for the day, it'll bless your heart. It'll help you. Okay? So before we just jump right into the asking, seek the blessing. And spend some time praising the Lord, being thankful. And then start praying for others. Pray for your family. Pray for your friends. Pray for those who partner with you, your co-workers, your co-laborers. Um, pray for your prospects, those who God has put in your path and uh, that, uh, that you're ministering to and trying to help. And then, and then pray for... Uh, your personal life, the different things in your life, okay? So then, number three, three on, on point number two, it must be purposeful. Take some time, find some time, 
All right, one is reading prayer and then find some time to study the Word of God. All right? Now, at least get in the Word and, let God, and, and read it and let God speak to you. But find some time occasionally to study it. 2 Timothy 2.15 says, Study to show thyself approved unto God, a workman that needeth not to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. So study, study doctrine. Study topics. What is sanctification? Well, I'll tell you what you do. Get you a, get you a Bible app called Strong's Concordance. And look up the word sanctify, sanctification, sanctified. And start looking at the Bible verses. And write down and you'll start seeing what the Bible says about sanctification. One of the best messages I ever preached was developed just like that. I preached on sanctification. And I just went through there and I studied it out. And it'll, it'll, it'll bless you. It'll be a help to you. So... So get in there and study different topics. And then study a book of the Bible, okay? Spend some time. Just pick a book of the Bible. Read it, read it, read it, read it. And, and, and then get some resources that will help you and, and grow in the Word. And then there's a place for devotionals, such as devotional books, Bible studies, biographies. Uh, they'll encourage you. They'll refresh you. They'll help you. But, but let me go back to the first one. Spend time in the Word and let God teach you something rather than just listen to somebody else. Okay? Amen, preacher. Thank you. All right? Let God teach you something. All right? Colossians 3.16 says, Let the Word of Christ dwell in you richly in all wisdom, teaching and admonishing one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, Singing with grace in your hearts to the Lord. All right, number three. It must, be, uh, it must be personal. It must be purposeful. Number three, it must be a priority. Okay? It's got to be important to you. R.B. Ouellette, great preacher, once said, The way you determine how important something is to you is what would it take for you to miss it. A lot of truth to that right there. What is it going to take to stop you? All right? If it's really important to you, you'll do everything you can to get there, right? You'll make it happen. You'll, you'll move everything out of the way to be there for your kid's birthday, all right? You, you'll do everything you can to be sure you see Alabama play football on Saturday. Even if you can't, you'll DVR it, right? And nobody cares about Auburn. All right, we, we, we'll skip that game. God bless you. I love you. All right? Listen, it, it becomes a priority. It's important. And so I'm not going to let something get in my way to stop me. I'm going to guard my time, and I am going to get to the Lord. And then, fourthly tonight... It will be profitable. It must be personal. It must be purposeful. It must be a priority. And I can promise you this, it will be profitable. Turn your Bible to 2 Timothy chapter number 3. All right? This ought to be a verse that you have memorized. At the very least, you ought to have it underlined in your Bible. <clears throat> 
2 Timothy chapter 3, we're going to look at the last two verses of verse 16 and 17. And this is what we're going to do. We're going to read it together. Okay? I'll start reading it when I quit hearing the pages flip. 2 Timothy 3, verse 16 and 17. Let's read it together. All Scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness, that the man of God may be perfect, truly furnished unto all good works. Okay? So the beginning of verse 16 says, All Scripture is given by inspiration of God. Yes, Paul wrote it. But holy men wrote the word of God as they were moved by the Holy Spirit. Okay? And so it is God's holy word. And he says there, all scripture is given by God. And then he says, all scripture is profitable. Everybody see that? So all scripture. So you don't just take the bits and portions that you agree with, all scripture is valuable. And so read, read it all. It all has value. There's something to it, okay? And, and he says this, it's profitable, one, for doctrine, okay? So it, it teaches us what we need to know, all right? It increases our knowledge. And then it's profitable for, for reproof, that is, it shows us where we're wrong. It shows us what is wrong in our life. All right? So, so there are some things in our life that, that we don't, maybe don't know what is right. Someone, uh, there was a missionary in Africa, and uh, he gave, he gave uh, one of the people in the, in the village there a copy of the Bible. And after a couple of weeks, he ran across them, and he says, Have you been reading, the, have you been reading your Bible? And he says, no, sir, that Bible's been reading me. Okay? A lot of truth to that, all right? It will show you things that, that, that's not right in your life. It's profitable for reproof. And then it's profitable for correction. God doesn't just say, hey, you're wrong and leave it there. He'll help you to get it right. Okay? And so all Scripture is profitable in some way. And then it's profitable in keeping us to, to help us stay right. It instructs us in righteousness. Okay, okay, okay. What? what kind of accent did I pick up in Wyoming? It's profitable for the purpose that it will help us grow that the man of God may be perfect, truly furnished unto all good works. So we can never be who we're supposed to be if we're not in the Word of God, okay? We'll never reach, in light of last week's message, we'll never reach our full potential. We'll never be the person God really wants us to be if we stay out of the Word. Turn your Bible back to Romans chapter 10. Romans chapter 10. D.L. Moody once remarked, he said, I, I went to the Lord and prayed for Him to increase my faith for me to grow stronger in uh, my, uh, my relation and relying upon God. He said, and then I read Romans chapter 10, verse 17. 
that says, So then faith cometh by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. You want to see, you want to see your faith increased, get in the word, and let God speak to you. That will increase your faith. It will increase your faith as you see God work in the lives of the children of Israel and the lives of the New Testament church. It will increase your faith. When you read the promises that God gives us, it will increase your faith. Okay, So faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God. So if you get in the word, it will grow your faith. If you get out of the word, you will certainly struggle in your faith. And then the word of God will be profitable in that it will reveal God's will for your life. All right? I would not be the pastor of Somerville Baptist Church if God didn't give me the book of Joshua. All right? God challenged me, encouraged me. It increased my knowledge of him and who he is. It, it, it grew my faith, and it revealed God's will uh, for my life. And that, that, that book has a very special place now in my heart, okay? Uh, as you get in the word, God, thy word, what does it say? Psalm 119, 105. Thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path, Right? And uh, you probably heard this illustrated before. A lamp doesn't show you what is way off in the distance. It shows you what is right around you. And as you go forward with that lamp, you begin to see more and more of what's ahead of you. God's Word will, will be a light to where you are. And it'll help you get where you're supposed to be. As I'm following that light... I can see the pitfalls and the dangers, and I can see how to get around them. God's Word will help us to do that. It will reveal God's will in our life if we're submissive and willing to follow Him. So, be sure, be sure in your daily life that you're not just getting the Word on Sunday. Get in the Word every day. Be sure you're not just depending upon someone else teaching you what God has taught them. Be sure God is teaching you. And guard that time. Make it important in your life. And I'm going to tell you something. It will increase your faith and it will change you and it will help you. Amen? How about that for a Sunday night message? We're going to be done before 7 o'clock. All right? But that may be the most important message I've preached to you. All right? Let God help you personally. Let's bow our heads tonight. Let's have